Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Stephen Stewart, the CEO of QC Copper and Gold, the latest copper offering on the TSXV. Uh, we talked to him about what the future holds and how he's going to deliver growth for shareholders. We want our opinion on that and the company itself. You can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find company reports, commentary from market experts from around the world, training videos, uh, summaries of other interviews that we have done. Of course, you can meet some of the thriving investors on there sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. And if you go now, there's a seven day free trial. Stephen, how are you doing? Doing very well, Matt. Nice to see you again. Yeah, a long time. Long time. You've been a busy boy, though. How, how's life? How's life in uh, Toronto? Toronto is quiet. Uh, quiet on the people front, but very busy on the business front. We've never been busier, you know, here at our group. Um, we think the time is now for gold, copper, etc. just the metals. So we're excited. Right. Okay. Well, we better get into it. There's a lot of moving parts here. It's a new story, relatively small story, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, why don't we kick off? And talk about the ore group first before we get into uh, QC, copper and gold. So what is ore group? Well, the ore group is just a, a band of like-minded mining entrepreneurs. Uh, we cover all the bases in terms of geology, engineering, finance, marketing, compliance, CFO, legal. So we have just have this team here that has been working together for a long time. We've grown lately uh, out of necessity, but the idea has been to acquire uh, privately uh, mineral resource opportunities, raise capital, take it public, develop it, uh, and then use the junior markets. We've been doing this, we've been putting together this group formally and formally for the past number of years, just waiting in anticipation of people coming back to the junior sector. And I certainly think it's here for gold. And my argument is we're here for copper soon. Okay, but the ore group is comprised of a number of companies. I mean, what's their relationship? Is there a financial relationship? Not, not in a sense, really. It's more about people. Um, you know, the ore group itself is not necessarily a shareholder. It's just a representation of who we are as a brand. And I think our brand is strong, in, in, but the brand represents the people. But in terms of who the ore group represents on a public company basis, we've got ore finders resources, Stango River resources, uh, QC copper and gold, obviously, uh, baseload energy. And we've got a new IPO called American Eagle Gold that's coming out later this year. Okay, okay. So, so it's no financial relationship. It's just a group of people, like-minded people who want to put their know-how together across these groups. So do p- different members of that group sit on different companies in that group? Yeah, there's a, certainly some crossover. I mean, I'm, I'm associated with all of them, certainly. Um, uh, many of my long-trusted geologists, like Charles Baudry, is associated with me, sits on the board. Um, so there's definitely crossover, but we definitely put people like, for example, James Sykes, is squarely in charge of baseload. Charles Baudry on a, on a daily basis is squarely in charge of the, the technical aspects of QC copper and gold. And what do you offer those companies? Are you are you helping them raise money? Are you giving them not just geological advice, advice on the corporate structuring and so forth? I mean, I just want to understand how real it is if it's just an idea. Well, it's not an idea. It's very real. I mean, I'm, I'm involved. I'm also involved directly in each of these companies in different capacities. I'm generally speaking, you know, the lead guy. Uh, on the corporate side. So my expertise would would, uh, certainly be in raising money, uh, my network, identifying assets, making sure things are moving forward, you know, just sort of coordinating the team and and promotion, talking to people like yourself, spreading the word. Okay. Those are my primary functions. Okay. Is there any move to, I mean, all group sounds like 
you. Okay, that's what it sounds like at the moment. Is there any move to you know formalizing that in a bit more of a structured way going forward, or do each of these companies want to control their own destiny? No, I don't see the need to formalize anything beyond what it is. Um, we're quite comfortable operating the companies individually as they are. It works quite well. Uh, so, so that's it. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for that on the order. I just wanted to understand, you know, that that bit of it because sometimes sure. you know they're they're a bit more uh, structured than that, and they and they provide other types of services, legal, corporate, and, and others. Um, but that's fine. Um, you're a gold guy. You're now moving into copper. So give us your copper thesis. Well, I've been into copper for a long time. So, you know, to clarify, the QC Copper just renamed itself, it rebranded it. Nothing fundamentally changed except us refocusing the message because I believe the message has been lost. Uh, but to talk about the, the macro, um, really, we were talking, you know, I'm a gold guy because I believe that there's a problem with the financial system, et cetera. And I think the solution out of this, what I call the debt quagmire, is building infrastructure, hard infrastructure, roads, bridges, tunnels, ports, airports, et cetera. Certainly in, in, in North America, the Americas is crumbling. And so I think the new, the new China is going to be the West in terms of building its infrastructure. So I, I really believe, and whether we call that a new deal part two, you know, to get us out of this thing, I think copper is gonna be a major part of that story. And then of course, we've got the electrification story, which, which I'm a big believer in as well. And that's, you know, has to do with electric cars, but also, renewable energy, energies and, and copper just connects that. So I think the demand side for copper is, is very bright. And I think there's a serious supply uh, issue with copper as well with, you know, obviously Chile is a major producer, but all these uh, uh, old ladies, as Mr. Friedman would call them, are, are 70 years old. Their grades have its degradation. They've come down half of the grades what they were 10 years ago. So there's a problem there. And then when you find these new deposits, there's some fantastic new deposits out there, but they're in very troubled jurisdictions. So we, uh, you know, obviously we mitigate that by being in, in Quebec with respect to QC copper. But uh, so I think there's serious supply demand fundamental issues with copper. And that's why we took this bet. We took the bet two years ago when we, we first acquired the Opamiska copper mine complex. Uh, copper was, everybody was bullish at the time, but copper has been frustrated by uh, the trade wars which preceded COVID between Trump and Xi, and then we had COVID, and, and in March, copper dropped to two bucks, and nobody knew it was happening. But since then, copper has probably outperformed virtually any metal out there. It's gone from two bucks to three bucks. Uh, the big companies, the producers like Freeport, have, have benefited from that margin, but companies like us, the exploration companies, who don't directly benefit from that extra dollar, They've, they've sort of lagged. And, and as I've said before, I think this, this exact same setup with the copper juniors was the same setup that it was with ore finders in Mustang or the, the, the gold uh, companies uh, like last year when, when gold started to run in the summer of 2019. Our companies, our gold companies were dead as a doornail until about nine months later. And so I think this copper setup is the exact same thing. We've had the metal run. The, junior, uh, the big guys have run because they get the cash flow, but the companies like QC Copper are, are just sitting there and we're waiting for that copper wave to come. Okay, I happen to agree with you about copper and nickel for next year and potash for next year, okay? I do happen to agree with the, the thesis. What I, as an investor, need to believe about you is that you're the guy to lead the charge, okay? So we've established that our group is effectively you. You're across a number of companies. You're across Mustango, 34 million, 24 million market cap, Baseload 34 million market cap, 
or finders 34 million market cap and QC around 7, 8 million market cap, okay? Have you got the time to, to run these companies or spend your time on these companies? Well, first of all, let me, let me just point of clarification. The Or Group is not just me. The Or Group is led by me. Um, I have you know, a full complement of team behind me, lawyers, legals, finance, and geologists. And uh, so you know, I, cannot, I could not possibly do all that myself. I'm just perhaps the one up front. I'm the front of the house. But believe me, there's a, there's a whole suite of uh, people uh, you know, in the kitchen, so to speak. And so uh, you know, that's a very important part. So where do we go from here? You know, we, we, we've built up the team substantially. You know, um, I, I should say Charles Baudry, who is the key technical guy. So uh, he has this uh, relationship or experience in the OpaMisca for the past uh, 10 years. He's been evaluating the project that we since acquired uh, two years ago. He had a thesis about how this project, which used to be a high-grade disseminated, or excuse me, a high-grade vein system uh, that was over 1.4 billion pounds of copper was taken out of. But we looked at the data uh, that was Falconbridge data, it was high quality. We recreated or we digitized it. We saw very clearly that there was mineralization outside of these veins. Okay? And so it was disseminated type deposit. And then we raised a little, we acquired it, we raised a little bit of money and we went out there in 2019 and we proved that. I mean, we, we saw the data, we, you know, but we went out and checked it for ourselves. We drilled 13 holes of over 100 meters that had ore grade copper. Some highlights would be 160 meters at a percent copper, this copper equivalent with gold included in that, because there's a lot of gold in here. And the, the headline hole to me was 74 meters at over two and a half percent copper equivalent. And these are shallow. And these are not only their shallow holes, they are uh, on, this, on the railroad, the railroad's stone throw away, quite literally highway power, all these infrastructure items are there. So in terms of the, what boxes this project checks, first of all, the geology is there. We've got to drill it out and prove how big it is. Okay, that's the next step. Um, but once we do that, the infrastructure is there and, and not having to deal with billion dollar line items just puts this project you know, way ahead of the curve. Okay. You've inherited a lot. There's there's a lot around you. Um, you've got some historic uh, drill data which suggests that this, yeah, well, clearly it has produced a lot in the past, but um, you know a lot walking into this. But So why weren't people paying attention before? Why, why do you have to go for the rename to get people to start paying attention again? Well, when, when so the company Power War, which, you know, effective September, what it was known as, it was actually, when it went public in 2018, it was on the back of another project operating in another jurisdiction. So since then, we completely changed the focus of the company jurisdictionally wise, QC, that's what Quebec stands for. And we've shifted towards copper and gold. So, you know, it's really, it just needed to be repositioned. I thought that the story had gone overlooked. I don't think that the name itself was the reason. I think it's part of the story, certainly, but I think it's about us communicating and getting out there, uh, letting people know who we are, what the project is, what we've done, and what we're going to do. Okay. And, and you know, the, 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 I suppose the name was just an excuse to get out there and, and, and refresh everybody. And I think it's going to be successful. Okay. So, sometimes it's covering up a lot of sins, and that, but, you know, we, we, we've got to wait and see what you, what you come up with, right? So um, QC Copper and Gold, you're hedging your bets. Good year for a copper next year, maybe, and, and gold's in a positive environment. Do you think that this, that this resource has still got what it takes to be able to deliver a, a mine, an, you know, economic mine? 
well, obviously, you know, time will tell on that, a forward-looking statement, but, uh, you know, it, it would appear that it does. When you drill 160 meters at a percent uh, by the rail, that's a good start. But we we know there's an awful lot there. We've modeled the all the Falcon Bridge data. We know there's there's just, there's reserves from Falcon Bridge at depth. So, I mean, we know there's many millions of tons there. There are historic reports, which uh, we don't treat as 43101, which suggests that there are, you know, tens of millions of tons of, of, uh, of resource there. So that's the start. You know, we know in, a, in effect how small it is. We just don't know how big it is because we need to drill it out in its entirety. And we have to do so in the context of it being disseminated, which is a completely different thesis for this project. Okay. We've, we've spoken a few times. We've always had great conversations. You're, you're, you're a straight-talking guy, not in doubt. But if I, if I look at some of the things that we've talked about, we talked about Mustango. You walked into a sort of complicated scenario, took a while to untangle and resolve itself, but it's still at 34 million market cap, right? You've got Baselode, I know you're in, and James Sykes, I know, at, at the helm. I, I rate him as a geologist. Good guy, but 34 million market cap. Um, you've got ore finders, again, around 30 million market cap. These are small companies. You've got gold companies, which are, have not taken advantage, have not been able to take advantage of this positive gold environment we've been in for a year, right? Uranium, I kind of give an excuse. I think they've got another 12 months and that could be something quite exciting there. Um, but you're, you've got a yet another company here, 7 million market cap. How do you say to the market, look, I'm really good at not just fixing messes, but building companies. Are you, have you had the right people to head up these companies? Because so far, we're not seeing any real growth in this positive bull environment for gold. So what do you, why should people believe that you're going to be able to do something different here with copper? Well, I think that, first of all, let me let point, a few more point of clarification. So Bistango is, uh, let's just call it a $30 million market cap company. When we took it over, it's a million. It's 30 times our money. So, I mean, that's as good as growth as you're going to see anywhere. Um, or finders. Um, I just watched a video of myself. Not that I make a habit of that, but I, I, I did a presentation uh, a year ago and I was talking about how Oral Finders was a $4 million market cap. Uh, yesterday, or finders, $40 million market cap. So, I mean, I think those are the two examples of 10 times your money and 30 times your money. Not too bad. Um, so, I think we have taken advantage of it. And both those companies, mind you, on, on the last uh, few months have raised, they, they have between them $15 million in cash, over $26 million in working capital between them. And they are going to be drilling going forward You know, for the next 12 months. We don't plan on stopping drilling. So that's what those two companies are focused on. They, they, they had issues. They solved them. They raised a ton of money in this environment. And now we're just drilling because we're looking for a discovery. That's what those two companies are all about now. Power ore, or I should excuse me, QC copper, is is the exact same situation, except that it's it's 12 months behind in a sense because the wave for copper hasn't come. So we 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 play the cycles. We don't push on strings. Six months ago, 12 months ago, nobody was caring about copper. I'm arguing that 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 argument is going to change real soon. So I suggest that uh, if if your listeners are looking for companies that have not run that are backed by quality teams that have quality assets, market cap sub 10 million bucks. And I'll note that our, our working capital in that company um, is one and a half times its market cap because of our position in base load. Now that's got volatility in it. It's not necessarily fully liquid, but it's a strong company, strong balance sheet, uh, strong assets, strong team. 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to go out there and tell our story, I think, in a very positive copper market. So keep your eye on us. Okay. So 7 million market cap, 8 million market cap. You raised some money in August, just under a million bucks. What next? We got a, we got a million and a half in the bank, plus the 62% of base load, which is, you know, 11, 12 million bucks, whatever that is. What's the plan? Really? It's about um, a drill program. We've got a, we've got a 20,000 meter drill program planned within QC Copper, obviously, uh, our cash is not, you know, uh, sufficient to execute on that plan. There's currently right now there's a COVID situation that's flared up in Quebec, and sort of that sort of prohibited us from moving any drilling forward earlier in the year because Quebec is particularly cautious. So we don't really know when we can go back out there in the field, but when we are able to call it on a health and safety basis, we know exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we do we we will be looking to increase our cash treasury because I probably need between three and a half to four million dollars totally complete our uh, call it our economics and our engineering on on this project so we got to drill out the springer we got about thirteen thousand meters there which we suspect will give us our input resource plus our pea and then we got to do the exact same thing for the perry which was a second mine uh, right next door uh, that we haven't even poked a hole in we have the data so it's the same story this for the, the springer as is as, as is the perry and so we have the potential to grow even more beyond that. And then earlier in the year, we acquired the uh, the, the, the Robitaille, which was the third mine of the Opamisca operating under Falcon Bridge. And the fourth mine is called the Cook. And the Cook is a gold mine. And the Cook uh, produced 300,000 ounces at five grams per ton, and it's right there. So you've got these four mines that are very proximate to each other. All, and then we, and additionally, we acquired 13,000 hectares worth of land on the Gwillem Fault, which is the regional uh, mineralization controlling structure there, which gives us upside. We're in the Shabugamu camp of, of Quebec. It's it's uh, you know certainly in Eastern Canada, it's the most interesting copper gold camp there. So we've got a clear plan to delineate an open pit deposit on these four mines. And then we've got the optionality for discovery uh, on this land package on the fault. So I think we've got a very clear plan. It's just it's just a function of uh, cost of capital, which I'm very very cautious about. And um, but we'll be moving the project forward, certainly telling the story, and then uh, moving it forward technically when we can. Okay, I want to come come back to the. I mean, I know you did say it's not necessarily very liquid, but you you you've got 63 percent of base load, right? Is that a serious consideration to sell shares from that to finance QC copper and gold? Well. Of course, we don't. We're not just holding on to it uh, because we like the look of the paper. It's the question of when. So, I would say right now, I'm being patient. I'm, am I liquidating it right now? No, I'm not. I don't view it as cash. Uh, when there's sort of a and, I, and I wear two hats. I mean, I'm obviously associated with baseload, and I'm not going to sort of rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. I think it's early days in in the story of baseload. I mean, think about the optionality. You know, James uh, is a very reputable guy. He's solid. He's got great ideas. If he is successful, okay, in proving his thesis, because you know he's got his own thesis in the Athabasca, not too dissimilar to the thesis we have on our Open Misca. If he's right, that 62% is game-changing for for QC Copper and Gold. Okay, so could we liquidate it and put money in our treasury now? Maybe, but as, as I said, it's not all that liquid. But if we are right, then QC is a totally different scenario. So it's just it's it's a it's a bit of optionality, and I will note that. We to get that 62%, we sold an asset called the Man Mine. It's a quality asset, which is now 100% owned by Baseload. But we sold it at a, about a million dollar valuation. We've turned it into 10 million in paper. So I mean, we we took 
nothing and turned it into something in a sense because QC wasn't focused on that project at all. I'm just wondering how nervous I should be if I'm a baseload shareholder that you're going to suddenly dump a lot of stock into the marketplace because it probably does need a little bit of liquidity. You know, one one shareholder on sixty two percent. Are we talking short term? Absolutely yeah. not. Like, okay. no, I'm going to let go. base baseload's you know four or five months old. We're going to get it, let it get its legs. Um, you know, absolutely. Like, I'm a significant shareholder in baseload, so you know, I, I wear two hats. I am all else equal. You know, I'm a buyer, not a seller, and in both. Okay, thank you. I think, I think that really helps because um, I, I appreciate the balance, you know, the arbitrage between releasing uh, opportunity here with your newest uh, project and I guess also to extend increasing the amount of, uh, you know, shares trading in the market for, for baseload. But you, you've, got to, you've got to make that call, but not to the damage or detriment of, of, of one party, I suspect. Um, so let's, let's come back to this project. You, you've outlined sort of your, some of the things that you need to do with this uh, addition of three and a half, four million um, bucks. You're not going to rush into the market. Do you, what do you see happening anytime soon um, in the market for copper? Because copper's had a, a bit of a run. We're kind of, it's, 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 it's sitting where it is today. I think people, the outlook for next year is good. Um, but the cost of this money with your current market cap is expensive if you're, if you're just raising pure equity. Have you, what have you got? What Absolutely. options do you have? Uh, patience, time, um, waiting for the wave. Sometimes that's the best move. I don't like to force things. Um, I would be surprised if the rush of interest in Copper Juniors comes between now and the end of this year. There's just too much noise going on in the world right now for that to happen. I think gold has a lot of legs and it's going to continue to run. I don't think it's going to stop running, but I think they call it the, the euphoria in gold is going to sort of temper a little bit. And then people are going to look for the next thing. Once they come out with, call it the plan to solve this, I think there are going to be, call it new deals being announced, especially, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, prior to November 4th, there's some sort of infrastructure built. You know, there's these plans, these infrastructure plans that define Demand, great demand for copper are ultimately going to be, I think, the catalyst, which which really moves uh, copper even further. If, if copper goes to 350, that's really going to pump, pump the juniors up. So to me, it's really a 2021 story. As you mentioned, we raised a million bucks uh, a couple months ago. You know, that million dollars wasn't necessarily for um, work in terms of drill work. Okay, so now maybe we will, but maybe we won't. What it really was about strengthening our balance sheet to provide us patience, because that is the absolute most important thing uh, when you're running a gym. Okay, the the other thing about copper is typically these copper projects tend to be quite large. I I, I don't know whether you you fit into that bracket, and I don't know therefore if you're going to be of much interest to a major wanting to come in and fund this thing for a billion, two billion, five billion bucks, like these ten. Th these copper projects tend to cost. You're a smaller play than that. So how does a company in your position navigate the copper market? Where, how do you insert yourself into the next cycle? How do you get finance, given that it's probably not going to deliver the kind of scale which attracts some of the majors? No, you're right. This is not a porphyry system. So this is not going to be a billion ton, you know, sold gold type of deposit, but, but nor is it going to come with that sort of capex. Okay. And so, you know, there's trade-offs. So, you know, um, this is going to be attractive to a mid-tier, okay, not to a BHP or a Rio. Now, not that I want to discount that. I mean, that always could be possible. In fact, the camp, I think, okay, if we want to talk about bigger scale, we are in the Shibugamu camp. 
we've got three or four companies that all have really good quality assets that should be consolidated under one roof. That would be the job of a, it's still, I still probably think it would be like a, you know, a mid-tier operator and not those super megas. Um, but you know what? I can't control uh, what they do. All we can do is continue to delineate our project, which is sizable. Okay. And so, you know, again, I don't like talking about tons, but I mean, it wouldn't be unreasonable for us to sort of aim for a hundred million tons. And if we do that and we do that with the ability not to have to build a rail or a road or anything like that, you know, we're in a fantastic situation. All we need to do is dig a hole and build a mill. Now, I don't mean to, you know, uh, brush over the complexities of doing that, but uh, we are not in the we are not in the Arctic. We're not in the Rockies. We're on we're on the road. So you can, in theory, get away with a lesser project given those circumstances. Not that a lesser project is our goal. Okay. Well, thanks for introducing the story to us. Um, I, I look forward to seeing if you can make this five or ten times as well over the next twelve months. Easy, right? I'm betting. I look. I I I, I put my money where my mouth is. I've I've had no zero free shares in this company or any company that I'm associated with. I own just under 4 million shares. I just checked uh, before I had this call with you, and uh, which is um, about 5% of the company, cash paid. And I've, I've bought about a million in the last four months. So I believe in it for what it's worth. I know you do. Stephen, thank you very much. Um, like what you're doing. Um, best of luck with this one. Uh, stay in touch, let us know how you're getting on. Pick up the phone, okay? Will do, thanks Matt, cheers. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.